dark and stormy night, and we're getting ready for a scary story. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 306 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello, Sam. My faithful, ever-trustworthy companion on the stormy uh, sea voyage that is the season to come in the Argentine Superliga. The reason that I'm making so many puns about um, it being horrible is that it's horrible. Uh, It's pissing down with rain, it's very windy. If you hear the windows it's, rattling because they don't fit very well, then I apologise. It's uh, me and the rain are, are both fellows because uh, I said a lot of times that uh, a high percentage of times I came here it was raining. Yeah, six days a week is beautiful here eh, in Parque yes. Centenario. Um, and on the 7th, Andres turns up and it starts raining. Very annoying, but still, yes. the show must go on. Um this is the preview episode of the Superliga 2018-19 season. Don't worry, you're not listening to an old episode that I uh, uploaded accidentally. Um, this season's podcast will at some point have a little bit of a hiatus. or I haven't really decided how I'm going to do October-November yet, but we'll record. I'm going on holiday um, for six weeks in October and November, um, and it, that'll make it a bit awkward to record, but we'll try and record, just maybe not quite as frequently for a few weeks until I get back to Buenos Aires. Um, At any rate, we're here to preview things. We are also here to tell you what's going on in the Copa Libertadores. Sorry, I just dropped my pen on the table. Where at present, Boca Juniors are leading Libertad 1-0 in the last 16 first leg. Last night there was a match in which Estudiantes beat the holders, Gremio, 2-1. Rather surprisingly, given how Estudiantes looked for most of last season, uh, it was a pretty good game, actually. Yes, uh, Estudiantes surprised Gremio, uh, even when Gremio has no, uh, doesn't have um, Arthur there anymore because he's now at Barcelona. Mm. But Estudiantes had a, a right uh, or a, a great beginning with uh, Apaolaza, a youngster, a kid that uh, signed his contract this year and now appeared as a suddenly eleven. Uh, a, a, a risky play by Benitez that it was well because at the eighth minute I think Apalaza mm. scored with a beautiful strike and after that uh, I think it was Campi the former Racing uh, defender yeah, Tom Campi made it 2-0 yes. yeah. scored the second one well it was a great uh, start for, for Tiendes now they have of course to defend at uh, in Porto Alegre the, 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 the advantage they have but it's a was I think a, a good and, and surpri- a surprising start because uh, we previewed here that well of course that the draw is not finished but Gremio will easily perhaps pass through and well uh, the first impression was wasn't like that like that mm. no indeed um, that's a 
minor blow for Argentina, of course. Um, struck four Argentine clubs against Brazilian clubs. Uh, Gremio did, as, as Andres says, get a, an away goal in the second half, which I think sets the second leg up quite nicely. And the other ties in the Libertadores round of 16 are, are underway tonight. Uh, we've got Boca Libertad, as I say, which is on at the moment. Half an hour gone there. Um, the others are a little later. Flamengo against Cruzeiro and Colo Colo against Corinthians um, in Santiago. And then tomorrow evening, this is why we're recording during the Boca game in the Libertadores rather than waiting until tomorrow. There is, of course, the All-Argentine um, tie Racing versus River in Avellaneda, that first leg at half past seven Argentine time. And then later on, Atletico Tucumán against Atletico Nacional in the Clásico Atletiquense um, which involves an Argentine club and a Colombian club and isn't a Clásico, just in case anybody can't detect sarcasm. And Cerro Porteño, the Paraguayans, host Palmeiras as well tomorrow evening. Yes, we are recording right uh, today because we are we have no uh, Boca supporters right now. Uh, we are all River fans. That's why also. Absolutely, indeed. Um, we kind of talked really about last week about um, the Argentine yes. club's hopes in the Libertadores, but I, I was interested in, in whether you're feeling any more optimistic from an Argentine, neutral Argentine point of view after Estudiantes' result yesterday. I mean, it was... Yes, of course, it was... Uh, uh, I didn't suspect Estudiantes, even when, when it was the first leg, uh, sorry, the first... Uh, yes, first leg of, of the round of 16... And, and it's still the second, uh, the second part. Someone, some, some people call this a 180 minutes match, and mm. it's still 90 minutes to go. So it's Grêmio uh, could easily win two nil and, and and pass. That in the Argentinian point point of view, when I I, I couldn't catch the, the match, but when I watched, when I I, I, I saw the result, I, I said, oh well. That's good for Tiantes because I imagined previously a, a draw, perhaps mm. not a, a victory for for them. No, indeed. Um, the second legs of all of these ties are in three weeks' time, um, and interesting. I'm just having a look down. Independiente, of course, played in the Suruga Bank Shield, whatever it's called. I'm not yes. Well, congratulations to Peter as, as an Independiente supporter here. Yes. Uh, uh, as they reached Boca as the king of of of, of the cups, uh, by, by as winning a friendly. Yes. Um, <laughs> as a result, they're not playing the first leg of the Libertadores um, this week. Of course, I was thinking they were going to be playing it next week, and I've just looked up the actual dates. They're playing theirs on the twenty-first, uh, so they're playing it in two weeks' time. And the second legs are all in that week, including Independientes, the very next yes. week after that. So that's um, more fixture congestion than any of the others have to contend with for Independiente. Of course, they do have the, the I suppose, relative benefit of having their Superliga match postponed on this opening weekend. Um, I think you... Sudamericana... Sorry, has, but sorry, I, I think you, sh- you you will never, or, or you could never work for LA uh, because they, they they published a piece on the these cups or, or, or friendlies or well, uh, one single match cups, mm. trophies that, that are, are, are played and, and some some count as as, as official, official titles, uh, and there are seri- uh, several of, of, of uh, several tournaments or, or trophies. Yeah. Uh, that uh, yes, uh, Independiente Boca, all of them. River also uh, count as 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 a, well, a star. In if they had 
a t-shirt with the stars with the mm. stars they they put they will put that there uh, particularly the ones that the AFA count as well because that I suppose yes. then gives you some sort of well they said this but I mean the criteria in Vélez Sarsfield let's remember have won league championship which they yes. won as a result of that one match in 20 was it 2014 against Newell's yes. um, having you know that was it the AFA just said this is going to be a league title yes. um, not not a super cup not a special trophy and the Suruga Bank season even Ole states, which is true, that it's not a cup between the winners of a confedera- of two confederations, uh, cups, but the winner of the of the Copa Sudamericana against the winner of the of the National League uh, Cup of Japan. Mm. Uh, so it's not uh, the winner of the Asian Cup against the winner of the of South American. No, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I turned on the, this, one of the sports news channels um, earlier today. And about the first 40 minutes I was watching it for, they were just talking. I wasn't really watching it. I turned it on and, and was doing something else with it on in the background. And I looked up and I realized they'd spent 40 minutes talking about Independiente winning, you know, a friendly, basically. On, on the day, that, well, the day after the, the Libertadores round of 16 kicks off, I was trying to think, imagine being in the UK. And, I mean, first of all, imagine a team who were in the Champions League last 16 playing a friendly on the other side of the world that week. That's difficult enough to get your head around but then also imagine that Sky Sports or BT Sport or whoever on their you know Sky Sports News let's say um, spend 40 minutes talking about that rather than previewing matches that they're going to be showing a few hours later it just it seems demented to me but yes. you know anyway there, there was a strange thing or, or curious at, at least funny uh, just to end with the Suruga Bank and the, this thing of the friendly uh but it, there was Sergio, uh, Sergio not, uh, Silvio Romero, the, the one who scored the, the goal, the single goal for Independiente mm. against Cerezo Osaka, that he was playing in an international match, even when it's a friendly or, or, or a cup that has no relevance, against uh, well Cerezo Osaka in Japan, and and when he when he celebrated the goal, he showed the, a, a banner or a, or a so yes, it was mm. mostly a banner uh, that had to do with another team, not Independiente. Because he's a former player of Instituto de Córdoba. Uh-huh. And Instituto, uh, it was the 100th anniversary for Instituto. Uh, their, yep. birthday, their birthday. And he, he showed the banner saying 100 years of glory. Of La Gloria, uh, not glory. Yes, La Gloria is, is, is the, the name yep. or the nickname of, of, of Instituto. So it was kind of funny because he was celebrating the goal, shouting out, and, and then... Show, showing that banner, but oh, what? It's a new spin on kissing the badge, I suppose. Yes. Um, anyway, the Superliga season is less than forty-eight hours away. Uh, we're all excited in this house. Everybody is excited at the moment. Um, uh, most of all, the pussycat because she's having her collar taken off tomorrow and her stitches taken out after being spayed last week. Uh, which is why she's not here. She's scratching under his legs. So I put her in the bedroom. Um, yes. But. That, that's happening in less than, than 48 hours, but what's happening in just under, only just under 48 hours, um, is that the Superliga kicks off with, I think we we actually, for some reason, gave everybody the kickoff times last week, didn't we? Um, 7 and 20, and PM and 9, I think, yes. in the end time. Uh, and the matches in question are... Bailes News and Tigres and Lorenzo. Well remembered, yeah. So we're going to be back to Football Pack again, which I still want to sort out. Well, be annoying. Uh, uh, not uh, not having well. the football pack, me and you neither. 
means that we couldn't watch the Alcudia tournament. Mm. And Adriani also friendly, but it's at this point for Argentina is is important because of the any any match that plays it's being played by the young youngsters uh, means oh how how or who could from these kids uh, become a, a national team player in the future. Yeah, uh, and in fact, they're playing the friendly, uh, the the final now, or they've probably just finished it by now because it went to extra time. I saw on Twitter, um, so they've won it. They beat Boca. Uh, they beat Boca. <laughs> they beat Russia two one. Oh. Headlines next to each other on the on the La Nacion Sports uh, page got me a bit confused. Um, after extra time, and maybe the future's looking brighter after all. But yes. we will talk about that in a little because we've had a question. At uh, least if you if you follow it. the logics of the titles that the teams uh, get with to count the the, the stars and the uh, well, you we could we could say that uh, they put an end to uh, twenty five years of not winning a single title mm. for Argentina. Well, maybe, but then they did, they won World Youth Cups in that time, didn't they? Ah, uh, yes. So I don't think yes, that that's, that counts. That's we should talk about the league anyway, and we should talk about the qualification, first of all, for next season's or next year's, no, not next year's, <laughs> the year after next year's, um, Continental Cups, because the qualification for next year's Continental Cups is all sorted already. It's based on last season, the uh, 2019 Copa Libertadores and 2020 Copa Sudamericana. There are only a couple of spaces left for that. There are one will come, obviously, by the Copa Argentina. The winners of that go into the Libertadores. Um, and the other, the, the only other possibility, I think, is if an Argentine club wins either the Sudamericana or the Libertadores, in which case they go into the Libertadores next year. Um, so via the league, for the season that is about to kick off, uh, to go into the Libertadores in 2020, the Superliga champions will go in, as will the team in second, and the team in third, and the team in fourth. And the other two spaces will be the winner of the Copa Argentina and the winners of the Copa de la Superliga, which yes. we described last week. But in case you missed last week's um, episode, it's basically a very silly competition uh, that the AFA, or that the Superliga, I should say, has created. Boca have just gone 2-0 up. Mauro Sarate has got his first, I think it's his first goal for the club. He didn't score in the Copa yes. Argentina, did he? Um, uh, the Copa de la Superliga is an extra cup that the Superliga people have put on to the end of the season because the season is going to end in early April. Um, so the top six qualify for the Copa de la Superliga automatically. The remaining 20 teams all play off to decide who goes into the last 16. And then everybody plays everybody else home and away. No, that's rubbish, isn't it? That's a league system. Sorry. Um, everybody plays knockout, home and away, uh, two-legged ties. Uh, the final is going to be one match in a one-off stadium, and the winner they have decided because it would be a bit daft to have that for nobody at all. We'll go into the Copa uh, Libertadores in 2020. The runner-up will go into the Copa Sudamericana in 2020, as will the teams from fifth to ninth place in the Superliga. Okay. It's all very confusing, but this was yes. apparently confirmed earlier today because somebody went, hang on a second, are you going to play this for a reason? Or, But uh, apart from that, there will be qualifiers for the Copa, right? Of the Superliga. Yes, as I, as I said, the, um, ah, yes. uh, the, the teams from... So the top six qualify automatically, and then the teams from 7th down to 26th, even, including the teams who get relegated, uh, play... I think that they're going to do just... They'll play one match. 
so ties. they'll be drawn against another one of those teams. So you'll have ten ties. I think it's just a, uh, one game ties these ones. They'll all play, and then the winners of that go into the Copa de la Superliga. There'll be ten teams left, obviously. Add to the six you've already qualified automatically, and you have there the last sixteen, and and it goes from there. I apologise. I'm just tweeting uh, Meryl Sarate's goal, but um, carry on. Say yes. something, Andres, while I type. Um, well, yes, that will be interesting. And apart from that, there were the 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 the, the way in which they they put the spots uh, of the qualifications because it is they say the 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 of, of, of course the champion of the Superliga 2018-2019 will be the first spot, then this, the runner-up, but then the, the champions of the Copa Argentina, and then the third position of, of, of Superliga. Mm. That will be the way in which they they sit in the cup, in the Copa Libertadores. Yeah, th right? those are the balls that they're um, using. So Argentina 1 will be the league champions, Argentina 2 will be the second place, I think. Yeah, yes. and then Argentina 3 is the Copa Argentina winners. Argentina 4 is third place. Yes. So I think it's Argentina 6 who go into the qualifying round, which would suggest to me, therefore, that it's going to be better to win the Copa de la Superliga than it is to finish fourth in the league, uh, which is an interesting um, concept, I suppose, given that this is a competition they've just made up to literally to fill some airtime on the television and to get people continuing to pay their uh, subscription money. Yes. Not one that I'm particularly happy with, but we'll have to see how long this competition lasts. I think people. But the, there was a gap between the, of course the, the well the, the World Cup was was broadcasted by by the public TV channel here and and these sports. I think there were a pair of months in which people should have uh, uh, cancelled their subscriptions, and perhaps mm. now they will be back because of course Superliga uh, will start. And this thing of the Copa de la Superliga, of course, uh, is, like you said, and we have already discussed, to fill uh, an empty empty space in the, in the programme schedule. Indeed, yeah. In the football programming schedule, just to be clear there, not in the hand of pod pro programming course, schedule, yes. where we're very used to filling empty spaces, having just um, spent the winter somehow managing to talk about football on a weekly basis, even though there was almost no football to talk about. Um, but anyway... We're back now and we're excited. Andres, who do you think the... Um, we did make a list, actually, Andres and I, together uh, before we started to record, but I'm going to leave it to one side for the moment and we'll look at it in the second half and uh, do this in a slightly more considered way then. But who do you think the, the main um, sort of championship contenders are for the season that's, that's coming? Uh, well, of course, Boca. Uh, I am I'm really saying this, not uh, ironic, uh, Racing, perhaps, and Independiente, as we we have discussed, that they have the, the perhaps the better possibilities or the best possibilities in in terms of the the, the way they they sign the players and and they build their teams, uh, and we haven't uh, given we we didn't give a, a, a spot for River, but I think they will again uh, have their the, the possibility to qualify for Sudamericana. Uh, I don't know if if, if Libertadores. Uh, anyway, they have in the case of River, uh, they can win the even Copa Argentina or the the, the actual Copa Libertadores to have a, a spot for next Copa Libertadores. Of course, it, it's an interesting and slightly annoying. Uh, I continue to be slightly annoyed by it. Uh, 
situation where one of the teams, one of the clubs, who really don't have any excuse at all to not be competing for the title, um, we're being slightly cautious about whether they're going to or not because we don't know whether they're going to want to. I mean, I've, I've mentioned this before, how, how irritated I find it, even in spite of Marcelo Gachardo's, uh, brilliant record in particularly in knockout cup competitions he's continually sacrifices the league campaigns um, for it and it's not something that is alien to him and there seems to be this attitude across Argentine clubs of well as long as if we win the Libertadores then the league doesn't really matter or if we get to the semi-finals of the Libertadores then the league campaign doesn't really matter um, and you never see any teams just go for it and try to get them both and I wonder whether Boca might have a deep enough squad this season to do that because they have made a lot of signings some very good signings um, as we discussed last week listen to last week's episode if you're not sure what we're talking about so many signings that they've had difficulty registering them all um, and in fact you were telling me before that um, uh, Olasa, the guy who they made such a big fuss about signing to replace the injured Frank Fabra hasn't made the Libertadores list after all of that uh, so he's just going to play the league after after the enormous amount of uh, uh, bending over backwards and and um, and all the rest of it they had to go through to get to get him on board. Um, surely, if 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 ever we're going to see an Argentine side try to go for a league and, and Libertadores double, it's going to be Boca this season. No, I mean, yes. Uh... The problem is that they have a lot of players, even and they have players even to discard. Because uh, Olasa couldn't be be there in the, for Copa Libertadores because Guillermo Barros Esqueloto decided to change the list uh, with other players. He, uh, one of, of those is Andrada, the, the goalkeeper, who is made, making his debut right now with a single. Uh, they are, his first first match for Boca is in the Copa Libertadores, which mm. is uh, of course a big responsibility. Uh, and I think that they they have Rivers in this case is. With 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 Gallardo, who is uh, well, it's a great coach, and he's been named by, by for for to be the the coach of of the national team. But uh, it's something that the players have this chip or this mentality to have a stronger. They 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 are like better facing matches that have the elimination risk than 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 a long a long term competition. It's something that we have already said, and it's. Showed by, by by the way they play, and how they start the matches, and how they finally get the 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 we we call a lot of people say that that is mystic, uh, which is I think is bullshit, but this has something to do with this uh, message that perhaps Gachardo said say to the players of perhaps motivating their the, the, the players more for this type type of competitions uh, that knockout stages done. A, a tournament that is uh, that lasts six months or one year, uh, uh, and I think it's something that uh, through these four years that Gachardo the other day I think he he, he uh, had his fourth anniversary as a coach for for River uh, has showed, and mm. I, I don't have a, a sign to f- or something that show me that this will be different uh, in these times. No, exactly. It, it's. I find it a bit annoying, but um, of course it's not good to compare River with Boca all the time. But River, as the uh, uh, in uh, in the other hand, uh, different to Boca 
they don't have a, a very long uh, sta- uh, squad. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Gallardo admitted that he will uh, have Casco in the in the uh, left uh, as a left back, and if not, he has Nahuel Gallardo, his son, or Machada, who is not a natural. Of course, we have already said. Yeah, left back. Um, Oh, well. I, I think that left back position aside, I, I think the Rivers starting eleven is, is as strong as anybody's uh, on the continent, really. Um, but again, I, we said something quite similar uh, this time last year as well. And you wonder about the squad depth, and, and that's where Boca have that advantage. Um, but it's such a short league championship, just twenty five matches, that you sort of wonder how much that's really going to come into it so I'd, I'd quite like to see River not just give it up in the first few weeks as they concentrate on getting through the Libertadores of course um, tomorrow's match against Racing is, is going to be an, an enormous um, uh, mitigating factor in, in whatever way they decide to approach it and the same is going to be true for Racing of course as well but um, you know they should be competing for the league title as, as well and um I hope that they try to, and the same goes for Racing, and the same goes for everybody else. In the case of River, because I have been following the, the development of the kids, they have 11 kids in the list of the Copa Libertadores. This doesn't mean that all of them will play, uh, because of course, the, in the subs bench there will be between the, uh, if you count the, the of course, the, the, the starting 11 players and the subs bench, they are 16, and the list uh, includes 30 players. Um, which is a good sign for 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 River because it means that they are starting to include a lot of of youth players that come from the of course the, the from River itself, mm. uh, and it's I think it's great. But uh, it will take of course a lot of time, and this is something repeated all the time for for them to to be to be to gain a spot there as a as a natural. Uh, 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 starting eleven player, yeah. like for example Ezequiel Palacios, who will tomorrow play uh, instead of Enzo Perez, who even we can say we, we, we can say that he uh, had uh, these short vacations because he had to go to the World Cup and then uh, uh, couldn't be in the preseason. Um, but it's a case of a player that. Uh, Started with with a few minutes and now he's a key piece of the of the team, and this is difficult to to achieve with all all, all of them and with the uh, 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 th- well half of the of the players of the team to for, for, from players from the youth divisions, but uh, well it's something that Gallardo decided to do and we'll see whether it gives results or not. Yeah, I'm wondering as well about the the promoted sides. Um, obviously. They're not going to be challenging for the title. They're going to be a long way from it. Uh, but there are two teams who have come up this season. One are Aldo Civi and the other are San Martín de Tucumán, um, who are local rivals of Atlético Tucumán, not of San Martín de San Juan, just for the benefit of anybody who might be getting a bit confused with the names. Um, let's tackle Aldo Civi first. We're, we're doing this bit uh, in part thanks to some sterling help although we couldn't be here for the podcast recording from Peter Coates who has on his blog Golasso Argentino um, put up a massive post with a rundown of how each team has done how they did last season what's changed since then in terms of playing personnel and, and managers and approach and how he thinks they'll do 
And I think really that I agree with him on, on, on both counts. So Aldo Sibi won the B Nacional last season. Since when they have basically replaced an entire team, pretty much. I mean, yes. they've brought in a lot of players. I'm reading off Peter's website here now. Maxi Velasquez has left. He's gone back to Ferro. I think he was on loan. Um, and Leandro Samosa has retired. But then they've brought in Denis Straquelursi, who, of course, can definitely do a job at this uh, level. Leonardo Sanchez, Fernando Godoy, Dardo Miloc, Matias Pisano, Juan Galeano, Facundo Castillon, Emiliano Osuna, Luciano Posernic. He's the former Colón goalkeeper, I think. Is Newell's. Colón? Newell's. Well done. Yeah, it was one of the Santa Fe sides. Um, Leonel Galeano. Lucas Michelba and Javier Irritier. All of these, as Peter says, are players who've got a lot of, of experience at Superliga level. Yes. Um, none of them, with the possible exception, I think, no, with the definite exception of Strakwalorsi and the arguable exception of Posernic, um, are players who have really showed themselves to be much above the average or much above, slightly below the average um, at Superliga level. And... I t- I'm struggling to see them. Yes, it's a whole much. team, and it's impossible to to preview or to give how they will do now that they have just come to the team. And, and uh, well, uh, we will we will unfortunately know it be, uh, uh, as long as the the uh, the Superliga is played. Because uh, yes, Pisano, Iritier, Galeano are two Galeanos. Even uh, I think one is the the right the, the center back former Independiente and Godoy Cruz yes um, and well with this with a lot of players and uh, Pisano also former Independiente that he appeared to be and Chacarita of course appeared to be a, a great en- enganche or offensive midfielder now well he, his career turned to be not as successful as he perhaps he wanted. Mm. Uh, yes, it's the same case as, as I think you will. You were going to mention San Martin de Tucumán. Indeed, yeah, who've also signed a whole load of yes. strikers. They got, came up, of course, by winning the Nacional Bay playoff, um, uh, beating out. I can't remember who it was who finished second. But I remember there was a very tight uh, finish to the season in which Aldo Sibi had to play off against the t- the, another Aguario, team, so they finished dead level. Or Brown, or someone else. And then, yes. um, but yes. anyway, San Martin ended up winning the the actual playoffs. Um, and since then, they have signed Marcos Figueroa, Lucas Diarte, Adriana Arregui, Tino Costa, who's probably the highest caliber signing that they've made. The former San, San Lorenzo, yes, yeah. and Valencia former Valencia. Also. Yes, so I think we mentioned him last week. Actually, yes, yes. No, I'm yes, saying that out loud. Uh, Nicolas Jimenez, Emiliano Purita, the former Arsenal defender, who didn't look particularly good there I don't think um, and then a couple of kids I assume on loan from, independ- from Independiente Julian Vitale and Rodrigo Moreira um, again you're asking quite a lot of the signings there I think uh, in a league where there are going to be four relegations um, and where the promedios are still in uh, operation the, the points averages which gives everybody else who's already up there a bit of an advantage straight away if these teams can't get off and, and get wins on the board straight away. Um, it is difficult. San Martin, of course, are Independiente's opponents in this first weekend, so they're not going to actually be yeah. playing this weekend because that game, as I said earlier, has been postponed. Yes. But it will be difficult for the promoted teams because the, the, the single thing you mentioned, which is that there will be four relegations. Mm. Uh, and it's, of course... More difficult for a lot of teams between lot of uh, those uh, 
uh, that a big number of teams related for the the promoted teams to be uh, related than the ones that have already been uh, in the top flight for a couple of seasons, let's say. Yeah. Um, speaking of relegation and speaking of the points averages, I know that there are probably some of you wondering what they look like at the moment. Um, of course, Aldosivi and San Martin, having come straight up, don't have any games played. They don't have any points um, won during this period. The After a very confusing last season when it was counting the whole of the 20... The, 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 no, it wasn't, was it? It was counting the 2016 um, transitional championship and then the 2016-17 and the 2017... So it was sort of counting three and a half seasons. We're back to just three seasons now, mercifully. Uh, so that's that's nice. Equally confusingly, though, in a way, is that, of course, all of those three seasons have a different number of matches. <laughs> because in 2016-17, there were 20... Well, this season there were 26. Last season there were 28. So this 2016-17, there were 20... 30 teams, were there? Yes. Yeah, there yeah, were. Yes. Yeah, I think 30. so. Um, so each uh, of these seasons has different numbers of games, but the points that we're counting are from two years ago. Um, Aldo Civi and San Martin have nothing, obviously. Uh, they start from scratch. The, the the two teams just above them, so making up the current relegation zone, but potentially, um, obviously, Aldo Civi and San Martin, if they were to win their opening games, would, would climb straight out of that. Are San Martin de San Juan and Tigre. And then just above them are Belgrano and Patronato, um, with Atletico Tucumán, who have qualified not only for the current Copa Libertadores, in which they're playing in the last 16 tomorrow night, but also qualified for last year's Libertadores, and then got into the Sudamericana after finishing third in their group. In spite of this you know, historically um, successful period for the club, they're sitting just above the relegation zone. So this is another um, example, albeit perhaps a little bit more pardonable, maybe, um, of what I was saying a few minutes ago about how Rivers approach infuriates me of just you know concentrating so much on continental glory that you forget about about the league. Atletico Tucumán really can't afford to do that, um, or they could end up going down. But it is remarkable because they, it's worth remembering, they qualified for that first Sudamericana and the Libertadores, and then last year's Libertadores on merit in the in the league, and yet somehow they're still way down here in the in the relegation zone, um, which seems ridiculous. Yes. I don't know how that happens. Even there, there, there can be teams like, for example, you, you mentioned Bales, that can be uh, as high as uh, fighting for a spot in, uh, in, I could say, Copa Sudamericana and trying not to be related also. So, mm. uh, of course, the promedios or the average has these part- yeah. things, particular things. Last year, um, we said that um, Arsenal were very probably going to be going down and they ended up going down it was a brave call given that they'd never been relegated from the top flight at that time but it happened um, this year I'm going to call it now Tigre we actually said in our discussion earlier about who we think is going to be fighting in which bits and I pushed Tigre up to just above because they've become so difficult to beat this season and just now I have looked at their points average and it is atrocious. They've got 55 points from 57 games over the last two seasons. Only 24 points in the whole of last season. They're the only team uh, who start with any points on the board and who have fewer than 1.15 points. And they've got point z- point 0.964. Um, 
they're going to really, really struggle if they can't score goals, regardless of how many clean sheets they're keeping. If they're drawing every game nil-nil, then they're going to go down. Um, yes. Having said that, I remember a period about, I want to say like 10 years ago. Do you remember this? When Tigre started the season like this as well, and everybody was going, Tigre can't possibly stay up. And, and then somebody went, well, they could stay up. If they had a title they, challenge and everybody fell around and laughing. They played their, their, and they ended up playing a three-way playoff with San Lorenzo and Boca to decide the title and they stayed up that season uh, by the skin of their teeth. So, yes. who knows? Tigre have form for getting out of these situations when, when nobody thinks that they're going to. This time around, it's tricky. They need to build on what they did over the winter. Um, sorry, over the winter. Over the first half of this season. Um, and what they did over the winter break... And um, since then... Sorry, but since on. then... Uh, they they went down and went back up, or or they stayed. I think they've been in the Primera since then, and I, th I think it's from that. This would have been in 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. I think they've been continuously. They might have because they they were last relegated in 2006. Can't yeah, that, that no, was no, just what they didn't remember. It, no, maybe they maybe they got yeah. relegated the season after that in the end. I can't remember. Um, but they have signed they've signed some fairly good players. Diego Berra. The former Independiente and Colón striker. I think he, he shows as much promise as anybody um, of, of turning some of the chances into, into goals so they can turn some of those draws into wins. Uh, Jorge Ortiz, Nestor Moiragi, Juan Ignacio Caballero, Kevin Ramirez. All of them, you know, could, if, yes. if they get stuck into it and if they gel well with the rest of the players around them, um, could, could help them. But they're going to be fighting such an uphill battle that I can see Tigre eventually finishing fairly comfortably in mid-table, which would mean a Copa Sudamericana qualification spot, and yet getting relegated anyway just because of how far down they are at the moment. It's um, it's that kind of relegation system, unfortunately. Yeah, but Diego could easily, of course, uh, is not something we can say now, but he could be the, the, the next uh, Sebastián Rivas, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, the Uruguayan that was the goal, the goal scorer. I think you're scoring. being a bit harsh. Because Sebastián Rivas had basically never scored any goals before he joined Patronato. Whereas Diego Vera well, scored that's, a few. That's yeah. why I say that uh, uh, some, someone you, you wouldn't say mm. that he could be the goal scorer because we, we, we must say that Rivas, uh, we didn't know even, even who Rivas was. No, he's, um, he's now joined Lanús, of course, yes, I think. Of I'm course, right yes. But... Um, Uh, Vera, when he went, when Vera was uh, signed by Independiente uh, after play, playing for Atlético Rafaela, uh, the, 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 what we thought it was that he would be better, and, and well, then, then he left left to go for Colón, and, and now uh, Tigre. It's perhaps a step back, but uh, we never know. Mm. Indeed. And speaking of Lanús. They're one of the teams who I think have to do better. No excuses for not improving on last season's performance. I think they were 23rd last season or something, which is, considering they also reached last year's Copa Libertadores final, is awful. They have lost a lot of players, including, as Andres mentioned, their goalkeeper Esteban Andrada to Boca um, during the transfer window. Um, but uh, I, I don't think they really have very much excuse for not at least improving on, on what they've done there. We're going to take a half-time break and refill our glasses now. And when we come back, we will get out the list, the A4 sheet of paper on which we've scribbled some potential 
um, positions and some potential lists of sort of groups of teams who might be fighting in certain bits of the table in and around each other, um, to coin a phrase. For now, don't go away. here a list that we've drawn up of, as I said, roughly where we think teams are going to finish. Spoiler alert, none of this will happen, um, because it never does in the Argentine League, except for possibly one thing, because as we've already kind of hinted, Boca continue to be some distance above everybody else, at least in terms of squad depth, if not starting 11. Um, and they are, I think it's fair to say, the big favourites for the league. If they were to win it, somewhat surprisingly, perhaps, for some people, it would be historic in one way. And that's because Boca Juniors have never won three consecutive league titles. Did you know that? Yes, yes, I knew. So they, sure they were about as, to as, a, as a River fan, I was pretty yes. confident you would. Of course, that they. I remember not a lot of things from the past. But one I remember well is the, that they were about to win it, their third consecutive uh, tournament, and they lost the final against Estudiantes. Uh, uh, when Simeone was the coach of Estudiantes. Yes. Uh, that, and they started winning it with... When, when they'd been about yes. eight points clear with three games to go or something like that, I think it was. Yes. I remember Ignacio Piatti scoring a beautiful goal at some point of that running for Estudiantes. Um, Not Ignacio. No, the other one. What yes. was the little one called? It came up through Estudiantes and then went to Spain somewhere. Juan Piatti. Well, I don't remember the, the, the their first name, but yeah. Ignacio Piatti was just the other the other in the other uh, ma- uh, team of, of La Plata. Yes, of course he was. Uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking of the, he, he was a young kid then, and he scored a Juan Ignacio Juan Piatti. I think it is not in could have not been, Ignacio. possibly. Yeah, um, yes. but yeah, he, he scored a sort of Zinedine Zidane in the. In, in the Glasgow Champions But it League was the Piatti that now it's playing Spain, I think. Yes, he still is. Um, anyway, Boca are the overwhelming favourites for the league. We have both, through gritted teeth, admitted. Um, below that, we have a sort of list of, of a few teams who might manage to fight for the title. And it's not a particularly original list, really, but based on who teams have brought in, what teams are capable of doing when they're in form, and on the assumption that they're all going to take the league seriously, um, I think that Racing, River... Um, potentially Independiente and Tacheres could be in that chasing pack. Maybe Banfield as well, but they've got a little bit of a step up to make. Um, probably, though, Boca are going to sort of be ahead just above those lot. Um, similar to, to what happened this season, I suspect. A lot, therefore, is going to hinge on Racing River tomorrow evening, you know, if, if uh, and, and the second leg of that towards the end of the month. If, if one of those teams. Uh, puts the other out, then perhaps the the Romania are going to be obliged to take the league more seriously. Um, and that could make it a little bit spicier. Um, but the, the title race should be... Is it going to be as much of a foregone conclusion as last season's? Or it, it's, it's very hard to say when... OK, the format hasn't changed as such. It's the same format as last season, but the number of teams in it has done. 
Um, it, there are two fewer now, which means I guess that there are two fewer of the lower sides for Boca to beat, if you're going to say that they were rabbit killers last yes. season, but then at the same time... Um, yes, some some of them were, were hard for Boca to beat. We remember uh, some defeats in the last minute at, at La Bombonera or, or, or Jaws that they mm. suffered. Uh, and they, of course, they, they, they suffered to win those matches. And now, we, like you say, if there are less, uh, it perhaps would mean that they are uh, uh, perhaps uh, an easier way. But uh, uh, independently of that, uh, I think that the, the, the bigger, of course, uh, also the bigger rivals, like for example, San Lorenzo, well, Racing and Independiente are now, will now, uh, as well as Boca, uh, be thinking Copa Libertadores, but with the shorter star, uh, squad uh, again we have to say this because uh, it's not the same to have two entire teams uh, for to, to compete in different uh, uh, tournaments than to have uh, clear substitutes for the ones that start yeah. in, in, in a match absolutely um, I was just having a look as well at Boca's record last year and, and I, had, I had the feeling they hadn't done quite as well in the big matches and Actually, now that I'm looking at their results, they pretty much... I mean, they lost five games, of which one of them was to Racing and one was to Independiente. Um, and of the games that they drew, one of those was against San Lorenzo, which, by the process of elimination, without needing to go down all of the others, means that they beat River. Of course, they did 2-1 just before that Racing defeat. Um, so they, they did, I guess, find it a little bit more difficult in, in the big games. They also lost to Central, who at the time were in quite good form, if I remember rightly. Um, immediately after that Racing loss um, and drop points otherwise to well, drew with Atletico Tucumán, drew with Gimnasia, drew with Huracán lost to Defensa Justicia and Argentinos Juniors so I don't know whether they actually did significantly I guess considering there were only five members of the Big Five but then Boca are one of them therefore they only played four games against the Big Five to only win one of those and to draw one of them and lose two does mean that they, they found the big games more difficult right? Um, and so therefore maybe the shrinking in the size of the number of smaller teams smaller in inverted commas certainly not as good not in inverted commas very much not as good um, teams perhaps is, is going to help to close the gap a little but who knows as I say a lot also depends on um, on the attitude and that's why we've sort of put Racing and River particularly down as potentially finishing some way lower down the table than the top sort of four or five um, teams in the league the top four remember as I said earlier going to the Libertadores along with the two winners of the Super Copa de la Superliga and the Copa Argentina um, so fighting the Copa Sudamericana spots which are fifth down to ninth um, we've got Tacheres and Banfield I think we were both sort of in agreement are going to be should be qualifying for the Sudamericana quite comfortably um, and then a group which includes Colón Huracan, we've got Godoy Cruz um, and San Lorenzo who are not going to finish second again and they're going to continue on the evidence of what we've seen of their pre-season and their Copa, Liber- uh, Copa Sudamericana um, ties so far to be atrocious to watch but they should be able to get results still um, should be fighting out in those Sudamericana spots Newell's were your suggestion Andres which is what I find interesting because what they really lacked they were quite good in defence last season and what they lacked was a goal scorer so if Luis Leal can sort of 
show a little bit more consistency than the sort of flashes of brilliance that he had last season, um, they might end up finishing a lot further up the table. Yes, and they, we, we have uh, also uh, said last week that I think decent uh, players they brought, uh, and of course they are, that uh, he, they, he scored the other day uh, for the Copa Argentina against Defensores Unidos, of course they passed through, um, and I think that they could grab decent uh, decent spot in the, in the in the Superliga, and they have already added two points from the AFA that they yeah. have been quit in the relegation table yes. more than anything because they, they they got three points deducted at the start of last season due to unpaid wages to staff members and club uh, and, and players I think. Um, two of those have been given back by the AFA. The Superliga apparently are not too happy with this and have asked the AFA for an explanation about why, because the Superliga, of course, are trying to be much harsher on financial punishments. But that does mean those those extra two points that Newell's have gone to 76 points from 57 games, which gives them quite a cushion because before they would have been just below Vélez in the table and there are a whole bunch of sides on 75 and 76 points, which Newell's now join. So it gives them a little bit of air, breathing space there and perhaps just takes that bit of pressure off that they might need as well. Um, they play on Friday, don't they? Yes, against Vélez. Yes. Um, so we're going to get quite an, an early indicator because Vélez were also one of the other teams who we thought maybe just outside the Sudamericana spots, but they have the potential to improve a lot. We spent the last half of last season or the first half of this year being asked about Vélez oh they play such stylish football don't they and I kept saying everybody says this but they keep drawing matches whenever I watch them they they haven't actually won very many Um, and then towards the end of the season the very tail end of the season they did start to win a few and um, I said several times that I thought Gabriel Hainse had to make the right signings in defence and and to tighten the defence up over (coughs) the winter break Um, let's just bring up (coughs) Robert Peters yeah, okay. Sorry, yes. You don't have to apologise. I was just checking you weren't dying on me. Uh, I don't have health <laughs> insurance, so that would be... Well, presumably you do, yes. but um, the, the flat is not insured for people dying in it. Um, so, Maros Sarate, obviously, going to Bok is, is the main uh, blow for Belis in the transfer market, but you've got Cesar Rigamonti, Fasto Grisho, Nicolas Tripiccio. They're all on the out. None of those are players I think that Belis are going to lose, uh, are going to miss that much. Um, and some of the signs they have made, most of all, as we mentioned last week, Ecuador international goalkeeper Alexander Dominguez um, from Colón is going to be a big positive. And I think that could just that should tip them up along with their, you know, yes. fairly decent scoring um, record. And the feeling as well that last season, you remember when when Hense first came in and he had there was this well publicised argument with with Sarate. Um, I just get the impression that maybe. They don't really need Sarate as much as they think. I think if they get off to a good start, they could end up finishing fairly high up. Colón yes, I, I think that he well. could play better you know, for Boca than for Perez. Uh, well, proof is that he has scored right now against uh, Libertad. Um, and yes, uh, perhaps it's uh, something that the kids had like some pressure to, to uh, having Sarate in, in the squad as, as, as his. Of course, the leader. He was the leader of the, of the squad, mm. and now they they don't have him anymore, and they were they will be more an equal uh, team. Uh, of course, Gaston Jimenez is someone who could bring some 
quality there, but uh, it's not some, uh, of course, a, a star. Uh, then it's Ramis, that I, I, I don't know whether he's the Tacheres or God Cruz striker, former striker. Mm. Uh, but yes, clearly no, Dominguez, Alexander Dominguez is the is the best uh, uh, signing there for Vélez. Yeah. Um, and as, as Peter points out, Matias Vargas, uh, now that Sarate is gone, is going to have to step up uh, in terms of creating. But I think the Vélez have got the potential there uh, once once they actually hit the ground. They've not done that well in their friendlies, but I get the impression they haven't been taking them too seriously. Um, so I think that they're going to be up the mid-table, around about 10th, maybe just missing yeah. out on the Sudamericana. And Colón, we've put in a similar place, along with Estudiantes, who were in the Libertadores last night, and after their performance, particularly in the first half last night, I'm sort of thinking, mm, maybe yeah. Estudiantes aren't shit anymore. Yeah. But they, 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 they must certainly keep they, they going were not that good during the first half of the yes. year. This was just a match, and they, they must keep going, because if you take only one match to to define whether they, what they could win this whole season, we could be in a hurry. Mm. And say that yeah they will be great and perhaps then, Apolasa scored a brilliant goal against Gremio, which is not a, 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 a something to not to, not to mention, but uh, uh, of course it was a single match and we we must continue watching what they can do uh, to to say yes they are uh, in a position to to qualify for any, a tournament or perhaps not perhaps they are for a mid table. What well, we are. For sure, what, what we know for sure is that they will be at least in the for mid, mid, middle of the table. Mm. Uh, that's, a, I think, what, what I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. Defensive with DC are probably just about in that sort of group as well. Upper mid-table, possibly pushing into Sudamericana. Um, then we've got Argentinos Juniors, Union, Gimnasia, Lanús, Rosario Central, Atletico Tucumán. They're all sides, so we're not really expecting an awful lot from in the league. Um, that's going to be the mid-table sort of filler, I, I suspect. And then the relegation lot, who, as I said, I can perfectly well see Tigre appearing to be one of these mid-table teams and yet still going down because of the way the Argentine system's working still. Yes. Um, I have just circled where we had our relegation battle and said, let's say, obviously we know four are going to go down, so let's say it's going to be four of the following six, I think, to go down. Tigre, Aldo Civi, San Martín de Tucumán, San Martín de San Juan, Patronato or Belgrano? Do you have any sides that you add into that relegation mix? No, I think it's mostly. Do, do you want to narrow right. it down anymore? Do, do, do you think it's going to be four out of five, or just or the the, no. the, the bottom four already decided? No, I, I think there will be a lot of teams. That it's, uh, this list proves proves it that the, there will be a lot of teams in the mid table. So uh, teams that perhaps you say. Mm, that perhaps you doubt what, what they can do, but if you have to put them in a in a in a zone, that will be the, the mid table. Not playing for, perhaps for Sudamericana or even not being so weak to be related, but also not so strong to to, to qualify to a cup. So yeah, yes. indeed. We're going to revisit this. I think if I remember where I've left this bit of paper, I'm, I'm going to sign it now. I'm going to ask Andres to sign it as well. Um, and we will try, if I remember that we've done this, to revisit this at the end of the season. This is a, si- a sign. How well we did. Signature after drinking for lunch. So. Yes, but you've only had one. I'm on my second, so it, it's all right. Um, we will see how well we did then. We have some had some listeners' questions, which we'll get onto right now. 
the first of them is by email. I'm going to ask it first because I almost forgot the email once last week. Um, and I don't want to do that again. It's from Jimmy Lee, who is also our newest Patreon sponsor. Which gives me the opportunity to say, first of all, thank you very much, Jimmy. And welcome to the Hand of Pod Supporters Club. And secondly, if you're not yet a Patreon sponsor, please go to patreon.com slash handofpod. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N uh, dot com slash handofpod. And sign up. If you pledge $5 or more per month, um, then you get a bunch of little Hand of Pod extra episodes. They will be two per week from this coming weekend onwards because now that the football's back, I will be back to provide my lone comments as well on Sunday evenings. We might possibly, once I've had a little bit more time, because I've been a bit busy unusually over the last week or two, um, work out another tier during which you can join me live for one match each weekend or something in return for a little bit more money, um, maybe. Um, but yeah, please uh, sign up for that. You don't get charged if you sign up for it until the first of the month, so you have a couple of weeks to uh, sample it and see whether you like it or not as well. Jimmy's question anyway is... Hi Sam, hopefully I sneak this in before the pod starts. You have done, Jimmy. Well done. Could you give us a handful of players that the general public don't know much about but who you think we need to pay attention to this season? Some kids who might be ready to take a big step in their career, for instance. I had never heard of the um, kid who scored Estudiantes goal last night before he did it. Me neither, Fran- because he's Francisco a new... Francisco Lollapalooza or something. No? Apaolasa. Apaolasa, thank you. Yes. Um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say him. Uh, apparently he was, um, as Andres mentioned earlier, he signed his first professional contract fairly recently, but he was uh, elevated to the first team squad or to training with the first team in about February or something, apparently. Um, so I'm going to say he is one of them. Given Rivers' difficulties at left back, Noel Gachardo, I think, has the potential to, <laughs> to break through and do something in the next few months. He certainly, it seems like he might be given the chance. And I also mentioned Christian Ferreira, uh, a kid that is, I think, is an offensive midfielder, could be not enganche because the enganches doesn't exist anymore. They don't exist anymore, but uh, uh, an offensive midfielder with a uh, good pass, and he's, I think, uh, Uh, how do you say? Well, he dares to, to perhaps uh, have the ball in, in his feet and and do interesting interesting things. So uh, he's also th- someone in from a real supporter, someone to give uh, to take into account. Yeah, and then the rest of them. It, it's kind of cheating to say this, but honestly, I, I would say have a look at the squad for the um, under 20 tournament that Argentina have just won the the Cotif. C-O-T-I-F um, tournament have a look at that because probably some of those kids are going to be breaking in now as well um, a fair number of them were players who were taken to the World Cup the the adult World Cup uh, just gone as, as sparrings as they're called in, in Spanish um, you know to provide opposition to, to the, the team themselves during training sessions um, and that tends to be an indicator that, that they're being looked at seriously at their clubs and, and it's it's a good sort of Jump. Um, I would say, for example, for example, if he has uh, uh, minutes that the minutes that he did that he didn't have playing for Boca, for example, Gonzalo Maroni, mm. the, the uh, new Tacheres player, yeah, uh, something like someone like that, like him. Uh, I would say Colidio, but he plays for Inter, not for Boca. Uh, yes, which is a bit of a keep an eye on him in Europe, possibly yes. if he gets the time, but otherwise probably not so much. Um, And now, questions from Twitter. Where are these? These are a few um, 
few days ago. Here we are, the first one today. Dakota Andres says, what team will be the biggest surprise and who will be the biggest disappointment? I suppose we have to look at who we've put here, right? I, I think, based on our predictions, Newell's have the potential to be the biggest surprise, given how crap they were last season. Um, because they're the ones who we've got, sort of, who, if the teams who didn't do very well last season, they're the ones that we've gone furthest up in this direction and for. Central the biggest disappointment yeah it's going to be between Central and Lanús again I think I, I have marked Lanús with a kind of little upward arrow to suggest that they could end up finishing a lot higher up the table than we think they're going to if they you know hit the ground running and find their form again um, but yeah Lanús or possibly yeah Central maybe Atletico Tucumán if they end up finishing that far down you know given as I said that they have qualified for two uh, continental football two years running um, Chris Hartley this is more of a social question but how has the way that football in Argentina is viewed or discussed in Argentina changed or not changed since you started the podcast who are the voices who are respected in the media blimey <laughs> I don't think it has changed significantly since we started the podcast really the, the podcast has been going for just under 8 years I've not really noticed much of a massive swing to be honest in that time um, over the last sort of let's, let's say the last 10 years it, it's still very much television panel shows leading the way Twitter was already big then it's become bigger now of course but um, yeah uh, it, I mean, even we could say that it, it uh, uh, not improved but the other way because um, you could you could say that it was wrong because uh, people must pay for 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 the for football or whatever, but uh, people were had access to to football that now if they, they don't pay they don't have. Mm. So in that aspect, it was it is worse. Uh, the, the most visible and the most positive change, uh, if it really counts as a change, but it's it's one that I want to mention particularly today, when as we talk the Argentine Senate is uh, voting on the possibility. Um, of legalizing abortion in Argentina, um, which is a obviously a very big day for the feminist movement in Argentina, even though it's almost certainly not going to happen because a lot of Argentine senators are assholes. Um, but one change that I have seen and noticed um, is that women are given much more of a voice now in in the discussion of football in media. Um, and this does give me a, a, a reason to mention a few names. Angela Lorena, for example, um, who's one of the cornerstones now of TNT's Veronica coverage. Brunati. Um, yeah, Veronica Brunati, who we've mentioned several yes. times, actually, and particularly yes, in the last couple of months, because uh, she talks about the national team so well um, during the World Cup and everything. Um, Luciana Rubinska, uh, Rubinsky? Rubinska. 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 Um, and, and various others. Have, they've all yes. come to the fore, and there are far more female voices now um, Covering Argentine football than there were when we well, started. Support, that's how, the biggest. How, uh, we we could uh, criticize them for a lot of things, but they have, at least in the news uh, uh, editions, uh, the programs of, that they give the news, they have a lot of, of women that they are. Yeah, and it's actually something I'm quite conscious that Hand of Pod doesn't really have any female voices on either. Uh, but the girls that I know who are into football first of all we, we could very easily have one if my girlfriend had any interest in football at all but she doesn't uh, she does speak very good English uh, and the, the girls who I do know are either teaching English um, on, on Wednesday nights or they don't drink Fernet or both so unfortunately uh, if, if you are a Buenos Aires based 
woman who speaks good English and you would like to come on Hand of Pod, get in touch, please. Um, I, I would yes. love to have some more female voices on here. Um, Darren Paul says, how screwed are we, by which he means Rassing, fortunately I know who you support, Darren, without the best defender in the league. Um, and he also says, does Platense have the best shirt in the country? It's a butte by Hummel. And Sam, are you into reggaeton yet? I'm going to take the last question first. The answer to that is no. I don't know why you would expect me to be. Um, we have had this conversation before. Uh, Platense's shirt, I have to admit, I haven't seen. So I'm going to Google it now. Oh, it's way with brown. I don't know exactly the design right now, but it's. I think it's classical, not something that you will say, oh, whoa, what... Nice t-shirt, like Belgrano's. I, I have noticed that Hummel have, have put out a fair few nice ones um, uh, for some of the European sides who, who they make though recently. So it's going to be, ah, uh, it's all right. Looks a bit. Oh, that is a San Paoli shirt. I was about to say that looks a bit San Paoli, but for some reason the first uh, result when you search Platense, Gummy said the Hummel on Argentina uh, on Google Argentina it, it is a a San Paoli shirt. Um, yeah, it, it's fine. Yes. I would agree with Andres there. It's, it's, it's not ugly by any means, but um, yeah, sure. Um, how screwed are Racing without the best defender in the league? He means Donati, right? I assume so, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I don't know whether they uh, lose a lot, but they, they will re- he will be replaced by Orban, who, who is coming from an injury. Uh, that's the, the big question mark, perhaps. Mm. How he will respond to a a very high demanding match when he has has not a lot of activity. Um, Lucas Orban. Lucas Orban, yes. So the, former, the, the guy who didn't break through at River because Matias yes. Almeida criminally underrated him, as yes. I got quite angry about several times on this podcast a few years ago. He, he should yes. be up for it, if nothing else. Yes. Not to prove a point. Um, but yeah, it, it's clearly a blow um, for Racing to, to not have well, to call. We don't know whether he will score a, a free kick. Or a goal, or a header, or a header, but he was important, of course. Mm. That's something you, we, can't, we can't deny. Indeed. Um, Darren also says, as you're both River lads, does your support extend to the other sporting sides at River? For example, I keep an eye on the basketball and women's futsal teams at Racing, and long for Racing to enter the top flight in Argentine hoops. Do you hold similar feelings with River's sides? Um I don't really because I don't really support teams in sports other than football. Um, well, I used but Andres, to. You're, you're an actual lifelong River fan, so maybe you have a different opinion. I, on I used to keep track on, on the basketball team, but they some years ago they they were relegated, and I, I lost that track. So mm-hmm. now I'm not. Uh, it's not so easy to to catch matches at, at volleyball, or perhaps it's easier to get f- futsal. Um, I just, but uh, I, at this time, I don't really, I'm not really paying attention to that. To that. Yeah, it, it's kind of a point of pride with particularly a lot of River fans that that River, I think I'm right in saying, still have far more sports available and sort of yes. different divisions Hockey, in different sports. Tennis, um, uh, swimming, yes, a lot than, than any of the other clubs in the country. They, they obviously also have the by far the biggest. Um, amount of ground set over to, to the practicing of those sports yes. um, around the, the Monumental and, and in other areas I, th- I think in other areas as well right yes yeah um, but uh, yeah I, I don't know how actively people actually so obviously 
nobody who supports River's football team is going to go, yeah, but in basketball I support Boca. In fact, um, Sabatini used to play for River in, terms, in tennis. Yes, yeah. Uh, so it's, yes, it's famous also. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I sort of, um, I'm a bit, I, I, football isn't the only sport I watch, but it's the only sport I watch where I actually really support somebody. Tennis, I have a few players on the international level who who I like and, and who I want to do well, but other than that, I'm not massively bothered. Ian Flux says, curious to know the wages that the top players are earning compared to Europe, and who are the top earners? I'm guessing that Carlos Tevez is one of them. Um, probably. Christian Pavon is going to be one of them as well, because Boca just recently put his contract up and gave him a 50 million dollar or euro release clause. Either way, it's a lot of money. Um, yes, if you pay him the by that, uh, it's a lot. Yeah, uh, but no, the wages compared with the European sides, the the very very top earners at Boca and perhaps at River, Boca for a few years now have been the the club who who've, who've paid the highest wages, I believe. And not only um, players, and the rest of the big five, the, the 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 very sort of top two or three earners there are going to be in the same stratosphere maybe as some of the middling sort of European clubs in Italy or, or Spain or, or France nobody is going to be earning anywhere yes. near the level of the, of the European super clubs obviously and not um, only players whose wages are not publicly of course they, they don't publish the, mm. the wages but uh, Tapia Chiqui Tapia the, Claudio Chap, Tapia the, the, the other day said that they really want to Guardiola, it wasn't a rumor, it wasn't smoke. Oh, so, yeah, I, I thought that was a joke, but no, yeah, no, he, was, he, he said, was on there yesterday, wasn't he? So, yeah, we approached him. <laughs> but we we had to have a, a, a fat wallet, yeah. that, that was his... Uh, so it was, like, it was a bit out of our budget. Yeah, a bit. Why do you even bother asking? Uh, Remarkable so, thing, but especially that's, to go and say on That gives you an idea of, of uh, the wages, because mm. uh, it's impossible to reach for... for for AFA or for anyone here in Argentina. Yeah, indeed. Little Bird says, Is it safe to say that Gasharudo is great at putting in line players with bad attitudes? Uh, from Quintero, who is said to be lazy, to Teo Gutierrez, whose only antic was mild coming from him. And even in the start of play, we only go full-on South American tackling on, uh, against Boca, which is just repaying, <laughs> in Little Bird's words. He then goes on, even players who are not rebellious but who have mentality issues, such as Rafael Santos Borre and Gonzalo Martinez, started shedding them with Gachardo. And Lamela came to train here for a bit when he was coming out of the injury that he recently had with Spurs. Um, and Falcao wanted to come here on loan too instead of the Premier League, reportedly, to be fair, he adds. Um, yes, it's he. I think he's mostly determined and he doesn't... Uh, Stick with any player, and if he if a player doesn't want to stay, he releases him. Something like, for example, happened with Teo Tierras. I don't he think he was Teo Tierras was someone to change, uh, but it's take it take him or, or leave him. Because mm. In fact, he left River uh, in 2015 when River uh, uh, passed uh, through the semi-finals of Copa Libertadores. And he I, left, and, he, and Gallardo didn't say. I don't necessarily think that that, that is a, 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 a situation in which Gallardo has been like, "Oh, I'm not putting up with this shit anymore." I think it might just more be that we're talking about somebody who had a very, very long, extensive record of apart from that, yes, just making managers go, "Oh, for crying out loud!" Um, 
and therefore perhaps when he just started to play up Gashada was like no I'm not I'm not having this because I know what's coming next I think that it was more that than necessarily reacting to anything that Teo had done already yes. if that makes sense I, I know he knows exactly what the player can give him um, and he can give uh, give that player full confidence hmm. like for example uh, Pity Martinez because he was he had been insulted by by the River Plate supporters and and, and if for, uh, would they have been de- have dependent on them uh, Pity Martinez would have been out of the team and Gallardo stick with him because he knew what fi- he full ki- finally could give and, yeah. and, and prove is that uh, he was right I think that's fair uh, Eva Stensley says any news about where Sampaoli will go next is he going back to Emelec or O'Higgins maybe um, he's aiming slightly higher I, the, the most recent sort of whispers that I saw headlines of and then didn't bother to click um, were to do with possibly one or two Brazilian clubs Santos uh, maybe and, somewhere in the Middle East but uh, an MLS uh, Chico Fire I think Yeah, uh, he of course uh, refused those offers Mexico and Costa Rica, I think also. I don't know whether the national teams or the or teams from Mexico and Costa Rica. Mm. But now he's very busy uh, cashing the, the 1.5 million dollars uh, that AFA must pay him. Yeah, so. um, it, it's it's kind of a frustrating one from a footballing point of view because I've to be clear, I have always thought um, that that he seems like a pretty horrendous person, um, but also that he seems like a very good. Manager, and as I think I, I hope I made clear during the World Cup, certainly as, as English Dan and I made clear, we, we think that keeping him would have been the right decision if only taken for the wrong reasons after the World Cup. Um, it, it seems like a kind of shame, but at the same time, completely understandable that by taking the Argentina job and then not doing amazingly well with it, he's pretty much burned his bridges in Europe. He's not, he's not going to get another chance now at, at, a, at a club, neither at a top level club in Europe nor at a club like Sevilla. But- who aspire to be at the top level. But that, that's what he wants. That's why he... Of course, of course it is, yeah. But, I mean, first, yeah. But, but he knew when he took the Argentina job that if it went wrongly for him, that was it. He, he probably wasn't going to get a second shot at his age because he's 60-ish, isn't he, I think? Something like that. 55, 60. Um, so it, it, it's, uh, it's a bit frustrating. It, it would have been really good to see his brand of football when he gets to pick the players, uh, sign the players that he wants, when he gets a whole season to work with the club and get them playing the way. I, I thought that Sevilla this last season and going into this season, if he had stayed there, would have been playing some sensational stuff looking at what he did with them during his, his only season in charge. Anyway, um, for him, I think it, he, he knew that it would be like this. For example, if you got uh, good results, it will open a big, a, a big door uh, for, of course, uh, I know bigger teams, he was at Sevilla, it's a middle team in, in, in Spain, mm. uh, but uh, even a wider uh, open door. And if he, if, well, if the results weren't good, like it was, that would be, of course, uh, some uh, drawback for him to get back. Yeah. Uh, because it's, uh, uh, you're successful or not in Argentina, and this is it. And it's like a the failure will mean he won't be. It will be easy for him to to go again to go back to to Europe. Even well, as it has been shown, he won't uh, have any difficulties in in terms of money. No, um, but yeah. To answer Ivar's question again, Brazil looks like the most likely option at yes. the moment. But watch this space. Uh, Ivan Akardi says, which of the four teams who are starting the season in the relegation zone? 
San Martín de San Juan, Tigre, Aldo Civi, and San Martín de Tucumán are most likely to stay up. Tigre hasn't been really. I don't know whether any of them are more likely than the others, but certainly, as I said earlier, Tigre looked like the hardest to beat, if nothing else. Tigre promoted? No. These two who are in the relegation zone plus the ah, two promoted sorry. teams. The four ah, teams currently yes. in the relegation zone. Um, I, I would say the Tigre on the basis that they're, that they're hardest to beat, but I mean, all four of those sides. Just checking. Tigre yes. and Patronato, all, perhaps. All four of those sides are among the six that we think are going to. You know, four, it's going to be four of them. Uh, going down so it, it's it's not looking great for any of them let's say uh, Ballonpied 86 says have you been watching much of the under 20 campaign how do you think they've been performing and do you see any positives or negatives for the future in terms of upcoming players for Argentina surely losing to India in any situation is not a good sign of things uh, before we answer that one I pass it over to Peter uh, on Twitter because he actually has been watching because he's been paying for the Paquete football all this time, because he's got more money than cents, clearly. Um, he says that they haven't done particularly well, but that it's worth bearing in mind that the India game came when the group was already won and almost the entire eleven was rotated. There have been some good individual performances, but they're not particularly cohesive as a unit. And having said that, I will add, the only thing that I know about it, which is what we mentioned earlier, they did win the tournament. Uh, so maybe it's not that embarrassing, after all yes. that. You know, one match. Um, but yeah, in terms of individual performances and which names might be breaking in, difficult to say. I, mis- uh, I don't know whether you watched any of the matches actually, Andres. I, I haven't. Well, the Colidio, the one we have already mentioned because he he's well known from Inter, and the the San Lorenzo striker. I, think, uh, I don't remember his surname right now, uh, but uh, he scored a lot, uh, several goals or at least uh, three goals or two. Mm-hmm. So I think he will be. One to perhaps keep 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 track on him. Yeah, and finally, Lawrence Hart says, "Which Milito brother is held in higher respect in Argentina in general?" I'm going to hand this one over to Andres because he is Argentine and he's also pretty much neutral on this question, being neither a River nor uh, a, neither a Racing nor an Independiente fan. Well, uh, I don't. I, I, they are quite even. I don't know whether one of them. Has to be more respected because that was why I wanted to hand it to you because I was I was looking at it and thinking yeah I don't know uh, Gabriel Minuto and both and Diego have sco- have played for the national team both Diego, played for big five teams yes know. they play in Europe in Spain uh, uh, perhaps Diego has won a, a Champions League and Diego and Gabriel hasn't or or he had for Barcelona don't think we might have I think he was for playing for Barcelona when they won against for example Estudiantes in the champion in the in the uh, club world cup could be but anyway they are quite even uh, now perhaps we know more Diego Milito because he's the sports director of, of Racing uh, but do you know where Gabriel is at the moment I don't know he is managing O'Higgins oh. in Chile so Probably not, in fact. Uh, Jorge Sampaoli won't be going back to O'Higgins, <laughs> as Eva asked earlier, for that precise reason. They currently have a manager who they're quite happy with, by all accounts. Um, Milito honours. Yes, he won the 2011 Champions League with Barcelona, well, to answer your question. So they are even, even, even with that? Yeah. Uh, yes, I don't know. There's nothing between them. 
in short, is the answer to that question, Lawrence. And now, it's that time when we go for Mystic Sam's Mystical Predictions. Nobody has been brave enough to take me on this opening weekend. I did put out a Twitter appeal and no one's responded to it. But if you keep listening after this mystical theme music, you will hear the first set of predictions for the opening weekend of the Argentine Superliga 2018-2019. to Here we go. Friday evening, we begin the season with two matches. We've already mentioned them several times. Vélez Sarsfield against Newell's Old Boys, in which I'm going to go for a draw between two of the sides who we've predicted are going to do better this season than they did last season. Tigre against San Lorenzo, I think, is likely to be... Oh, blimey. It's likely to be a really ugly game. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go for San Lorenzo to win it, but not with any great conviction. On Saturday... Gimnasia host Argentinos and I think that Argentinos will get off to a win there Union are at home to Aldo Civi which I think will be an Union win Patronato de Paraná are at home to Colón and I think that should be a Colón win Belgrano play San Martín de San Juan um, in the evening I'm going for a draw in that one Sunday, the 11 o'clock in the morning kickoff is Boca Juniors versus Tacheres, which should be, I think we mentioned this last week, it yes. looks like one of the tastiest games of the opening weekend. Ooh! As somebody for Libertad has just hit the crossbar from about 25 yards out with a minute left of stoppage time Lame, uh, against Boca. 17. Well done. Good try. Unfortunately, Boca... Well, unfortunately for Libertad, Boca's still teeing it up. Um, anyway, back to Boca's weekend match. I think that they're going to start with a win against Tacheres, but I don't think it'll be easy for them. On Sunday afternoon, lunchtime, Godoy Cruz versus Estudiantes. I think Godoy Cruz are going to carry on their good form at home of last season. Lanús against Defensa Justicia, I think, is a Defensa Justicia victory. Rosario Central against Banfield. I'm going for a draw in that one. And Huracan against River. Still says Racing here on this page, as it did last week, but it's it's River that they're playing. I'm going to go... It's very difficult without knowing how many players River are going to be rotating, but I'll go for a River win in that one. And then Atletico Tucumán against Racing on Monday evening. Um, I'm going to call that a Racing win as well. Independiente against San Martín de Tucumán. Don't forget who's been postponed due to Independiente being in Japan at the moment and will be played at a later date, so I'm not predicting that one. If you would like to take me on next week, uh, then it's going to be first come, first served on Twitter or by email. Whoever I received the predictions from first for the round two matches will get to play me. Um, that's it. Yes. What do you think of the weekend's games, Andres? Yeah, so a- you... Any predictions particularly that you especially disagree with? Or No, no. As a first uh, round, it's always difficult. because mm. It's always difficult, but... First round is even more. So. Especially when you've paid no attention whatsoever to what most of them have done over the over yes. the winter. Yes. Um, but yeah, it should be entertaining anyway. Boca Tacheres especially, I think, is going to be one of the the, the games of the weekend. Or Akan River has got some potential as yes. well, depending, as I say, on how seriously River take it. For now, and with the news that Boca Juniors have just beaten Libertad two 0 and that you should stay tuned to um, after this final theme music, and I will tell you how Atletico Tucumán get on against Atletico Nacional, which is kicking off in about 20 minutes' time. It is 
thank you very much indeed for listening and goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. And from me, thanks and goodbye. you know full-time score for Atletico Tucumán against Atletico Nacional because it's on Thursday night not on Wednesday night sorry